Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zazlo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. 
888-789-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedanos, Presidente, Win dixie Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. All right, welcome everyone. Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Monday, the 14th of November. Good to have you aboard. Your favorite little radio program now podcasted all over the world, wherever you're getting this show. I can't take all the time listing all the places you get your podcasts. It's going to take too much time. We got important stuff to get to today, but wherever you get your podcasts, that's how you can listen to Zaslow Show 2.0. And what a start to the week. I told you when we left off on Friday, you ended the show listening to your boy saying, can we start the show on Monday saying first place Dolphins? 
we are starting the show on Monday saying, first place Dolphins. That's what I'm talking about. What a day yesterday. So Dolphins, first place in the AFC. That's obviously going to take up the majority of our show today. I'm so pumped to be with you here. I know a lot of people are excited to hear the start of week number three, but first, I have to give out some thank yous. Number one, our title sponsor, Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE, that's 3733. They have been with us since day, since before day number one, since before the show even went on the air. That's right. Anna Jar and Levine, they believed in me, they wanted to be part of the show, and now through two weeks... Over 10,000 downloads, Zazlo Show 2.0 has just through two weeks. So that's super exciting. A special thanks to them for believing on me. And, uh, and, and the most thanks, obviously, to everyone out there listening. Because without you guys, like, what are we doing? Well, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in my underwear eating a bag of Cheetos on the couch in the Zazlo Mansion family room. But now, because of you guys, over 10,000 downloads through two weeks, and I'm just looking forward to, to growing and growing this thing with all of you guys. Thanks again, of course, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, attorneys 800-747-FREE, title sponsor since day number one. If you're looking for sponsorship, you're looking for advertising info, you can go to my bio on the Twitter page, at Zazlo Show, or at Zazlo J on Instagram. I'm an influencer. I'm an Instagram influencer, but uh, you can still get in touch with me. You go to my bio, and you can see there is, uh, there's an email there. We can do some advertising. But anyway, the most important thing, the Dolphins have won four in a row. The Dolphins are 7-3. and three. Your Miami Dolphins are sitting in first place in the AFC East. How about if the playoffs start? This AFC is best division in football. So it's like, oh, they play in a shitty division. No, no, no. It's the best division in football. Right now, if the playoffs started today, which would be really weird because we still have, uh, there, there's eight games left. It'd be so weird if the playoffs started with eight games left. But if the playoffs started today, Dolphins seven games left. They got their bye coming up this weekend. If the playoffs started today, all four teams in the AFC East are in the playoffs. Yep. That's right. Best division football. And the Dolphins lead that division. It's the only division in football with all four teams over 500. But you got a seven-win team, you got two six-win teams, and then you got a buster five-win team in the New England Patriots. Mac Jones sucks. Everybody knows that. So we're going to do most of the show today, obviously, on the Dolphins. Our pal Dolphins drive time host, uh, Miami Dolphins post-game show as well, Travis Wingfield will make his debut slash return to Zaslow Show 2.0. Obviously, we got your full Week 10 NFL rundown. That's coming up later on in the program. I went to the Panthers game this weekend. They lost. I'm very upset about that. And you got the Heat, who have won back-to-back games. Can they win three in a row? Is that possible? Can you win a third? It's happened before. Can you win a third consecutive game? That's tonight. You got the Phoenix Suns in town. But the Dolphins are obviously what everyone is talking about. The entire world is talking about your favorite little football team, the Miami Dolphins. And for the first time in so long, I'm so proud to be a Miami Dolphins fan. You know, I went through a period, the worst thing that could happen. The worst thing that can happen to a football fan is apathy. Just don't care. You become emotionally detached. And that happened to me at one point. I'll never forget. It was like, I don't know. It was late 2000s. 
I don't remember exactly when. I mean, it it, it, it may have been, I, I think it was like around Nick Saban's second year, Cam Cameron's only year, somewhere around that period. And we were going through a stretch there where just, uh, it, it, was, it was a bad organization. It was bad football. It's embarrassing shit. I was in a strip club with my friend. Oh, I used to love, love going to the club. Haven't been in so long. Last time I was at the club, it was me and the Rom Dog. Me and Romberg, we went to Tootsie's. We got there before it opened. We had to sit in the parking lot waiting for it to open like a couple losers. But once we got inside, great time. Guy sat right next to me at the bar. There's all kinds of open seats. Sat right next to me, ordered a lobster tail. Okay, I see you. Used to love going to the club. And I was at the club. We were at... Uh, we're at Cheetah. Oh my god, I love Cheetah. We were at Cheetah. And and I said to my buddy, I just turned to him, I go, I'll never forget. I show him, I go, I don't think I care about the Dolphins anymore. And he was stunned. Stunned. Because growing up, I used to I mean, obviously the, the Heat have always been the most important to me. But it, you can't want to, you know, jump out the window every loss. It's too many games. So Dolphins losses would hit me the hardest growing up because, and, and, and I told you, when you feel so, it's my drugs. Oh my God, I love it. The Dolphins, every year growing up, Marino, every possession, I think they're going to score. Every game, I think they're going to win. Every year, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. So if they lose, hey, I can't talk to me about the Dolphins for at least a couple of days. Oh my God, it was a mess. Just a mess. And... And, and and they and they beat it out of you. They beat it out of me. I didn't want the stress anymore. Matter of fact, I remember it was 2002, 01 or 02, whatever it was. But they were saying on the broadcast, or you're checking out Twitter, what have you. And the last time the Dolphins were 7-3 and three was that year. It was either 01 or 02. It was, uh, I believe it was Ricky's first year with the team. Team was 7-3. and three. And I'll never forget, that's... Around that time, things started to change for me as a Dolphin fan. And the Dolphins were 7-3. and three. They finished that year 9-7. and seven. They missed the playoffs. Matter of fact, they were 9-5, and five, I remember. They were 9-5. and five, And if they win their final two games, they would finish with 11 wins, which would get them home field advantage throughout the AFC. Believe it or not, 11 wins was going to get you home field throughout the AFC. It was that tight. And the Dolphins' last two games, and they were they were good. That, they were really good that year. And the Dolphins' last two games that year, now I'm doing this all at the top of my head, so if you go look it up, I think it's going to be right. But if you go look it up and I'm wrong, I apologize. I can't get everything right. But they were 9-5. and five. Win, win and you got the top spot. Win the final two games. And those final two games were at Minnesota. Those were the Dante Culpepper, Randy Moss Vikings at Minnesota and at New England. And New England was, you know, they were anything special. I don't think that was the Stuart Bowl year. But anyway, at Minnesota, at New England, win those last two games. And the Minnesota game, the Dolphins were up the whole game. Uh, it's late in the game. The Dolphins score. They, they go ahead. Olindo Mare kicks it out of bounds. Vikings get the ball on the 40-yard line. They go and they win the game. Oh, Lindo Mare, terrible, terrible. I know he lives here in Cooper City. I better not see you at Mayor's Bagels. So Dolphins lose that game against the Vikings. And that was the game. I've told this story before. That was the game where I was freaking out that they lost. And my father told me he doesn't want to watch games with me anymore. And that really hit me. I was, 
Oh, like, that is not a cool thing to say. I got to, I got to make some changes. And I did. I was, it would stress me out too much. And then the next game, now they weren't going to get first anymore, but you had to win that game to make the playoffs. And that was the game with the snow. The, the, the crowd was throwing the snow up in the air in celebration. Fiedler picked six on the goal line. You got Ricky Williams. Dave Wansett's throwing the ball with Fiedler's back to the end zone. Dolphins lose that game. They finish nine and seven. They missed the playoffs. What, what a year. What a year. So that was the last time that the Dolphins were seven and three. This team is so much better than that team. This is the best Dolphins team since, man, I think I got to, it's, it's probably, what year was it? It was 94. I think this is the best Dolphins team since 94. And the Dolphins lost in the AFC Divisional Playoff at the San Diego Chargers. They lost that game 22-21. The Dolphins led that game 21-6, I believe it was, at halftime. That was the game where the Chargers... Go go ask Coach McDuffie about this. That was the game that the, the Chargers turned out the Dolphins' power at halftime in the locker room. So the Dolphins couldn't get anything done, no adjustments, nothing. They're sweating down in the locker room with no electricity because the Chargers turned it off. And then in the second half, Natron means Chargers. They're running all over the Dolphins. They go ahead 22-21, but Marino leads us down the field, and for the last play of the game, you got Stojanovic. All-time great Dolphins kicker, Pete Stojanovic, but this ended up being his last kick as a Miami Dolphin. All-time great kicker, Pete Stojanovic, and it it was like 48 yards, 47 yards, which back then, that's a long kick back then, and he missed it. Missed it. Game over. Dolphins lose, season over. That year, that felt like the year. That... That was a great Dolphin team. And the fact that I got to go back almost 30 years to give you a team that was this good. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. For the first time in so long, I'm so proud to be a Dolphins fan. And this feeling that you have now, this is how it feels when the Dolphins are relevant again. Because it's here. Been waiting a long time, right? You want to be one of those sports towns where all the teams are good, all the teams are relevant. You know, this has been a basketball town for very, very long. This feeling that you have right now is how it feels when the Dolphins are relevant again. And that is a completely different ball game in South Florida. It's something that we haven't had in forever. When the Dolphins are the best team in town, which is what's happening right now, this is what it feels like. You have not experienced this, like I said. I mean, we're, we're go- you got to go quarter century, essentially. If you're a Dolphin fan who's 25 and under, you've never experienced this. You've never been alive. For the Dolphins being the most relevant team in South Florida. You've never been alive. You weren't born. This is what it feels like. This is what it feels like. I am so, so pumped up for this football team. And they did it. Now, we're, we're a, I haven't even got to the game yet yesterday. Now, we're, we're a ways away, obviously, from the end goal. 
question that's on everybody's minds, right? Are the Dolphins going to win the Super Bowl? No, no, no. We're a ways away from having that conversation. Long time away. Although my son wants to look at flights for Arizona. Okay. But here's the takeaway right now. And the goal is to win Super Bowls. The goal is to be a contender every single year. But here's the big takeaway right now. No matter what happens the remainder of this season. They did it. They totally did it. That's that's the big takeaway. They absolutely did it. Now, what are you talking about, Zaslow? What did they do? You know what they did. You know what you did, Mackenzie Weger? No, that's not what I'm talking about. They did it. It actually worked. Tank for Tua. Freaking worked. They did it. Starting 0-7. Got to get the number one pick. Which, by the way, they... See, here's where the karma works, right? Because tanking, losing all your games, that's that's not a rebuild strategy. That's not a strategy. You can, I, I mean, just look at this past year. You, you can win just three games. Th- winning only three games is so bad and still not get the number one pick. Your rebuild plan getting the number one overall pick, that's not a plan. The Dolphins did it the right way. Now you could say, hey, they tore it down, but... And, and they were 0-7, and, and then they finished that year, what? 5-4. and four. And they won five games there. It's, oh, they, they screwed up. No, they had integrity. They did it the right way. They went out there and they tried to win games. They didn't win many. They lost their first seven. But they had good karma. Karma was on their side. Because they weren't tanking the whole season. Now, the front office may have put them in a position where they're not going to win many games. But the whole, hey, they couldn't even tank properly. That was one of Flores' big mistakes. He couldn't just keep Josh Rosen out there and lose every game. No, you do it with integrity. And I, I, I believe, I strongly believe this in everything in life. You do things with integrity, karma's gonna be on your side. You do things with class, things are gonna work out. And Brian Flores, look, I, I, I like Brian Flores as a coach. And I'm gonna, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Flores today. But Brian Flores had his flaws. He had his faults, for sure. And he looks terrible right now with the whole Tua situation. But, snitching ass, Brian Flores. But, one thing Brian Flores did do right is integrity. Okay? He had class. And he tried to win games that year. And you're like, oh, he couldn't even, couldn't even tank properly. Well... They went about it the right way. He went about it the right way. And as a result, they don't have the number one overall pick in the draft. That was Burrow. You ended up getting number five overall. You got Tua. What a kid. What a kid, Tua Tungavailoa. You got Tua. I strongly believe in karma in those types of situations. You do things with integrity. You do things with class. Things will work out for you. And that's what happened to the Dolphins there. They did it. It actually worked. We're, we're a ways away. We're a long way away from the big goal. But what you can say right now, it worked. They decided to rebuild. What was it, four years ago? Tear it down. They're going to they're gonna try and get a very high pick. They want Tua. They're going to tank for Tua. And here we are. Franchise quarterback who's also one of the best quarterbacks in the entire National Football League. And an MVP candidate. You heard those MVP chants? 
You weren't at a heat game. It wasn't Jimmy Butler on the free throw line. No, it was Tua with the football. They got their franchise quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's an MVP candidate in year three. They did it. It worked. And I've given Chris Greer a lot of shit. A lot of it deserved. It's not like I was, it's not like I'm wrong. Well, maybe I was wrong overall about Chris Greer, but I wasn't wrong about poor moves that he he made. I mean, you know, still struck out on two of those three picks that year. But you can do a poor job and then get better and do a great job. And that's how I feel about Chris Greer. I think he made a lot of mistakes. I think originally he did a poor job. But he's been hitting home runs. Maybe grand slams since then. And he's done a terrific job now. And I, we'll, we'll talk to Travis Wingfield coming up in a little bit about Chris Greer. I'm sure he's got a lot of good things to say about him. But it worked. That's your biggest takeaway right now. Ten games into the season, going into the bye. It worked. And here we are. You got a great football team. And they're exciting. And you got a quarterback. What a, what a great kid. I love him. I love him like a son. What a kid. So the Dolphins kicked the shit out of the Browns yesterday, which you love to see. They got after Jacoby Brissett. You had a bunch of sacks. I mean, Christian Wilkins getting back there. Jalen Phillips getting back there. Melvin Ingram getting back there. Bradley Chubb getting back there. Everyone was getting back there. Look at you now, Jacoby Brissett. You got what you deserve. You stunk last year. Terrible. I hate you. And now the Dolphins go into the bye. Feeling. I'm not one of those people who they've won four in a row. Oh, the bye comes at a bad time. Nah, I don't, I don't buy that. I, I think you're rolling and now you get to rest. Now you get to break a little bit. I, I think the bye comes at a nice time. I like the bye here. I'm not worried about that. Man. What a game yesterday. How about that? Let's, let's talk about the actual game now. How about that running game? I mean, see, throwing the ball over the field, super fun, super exciting. You love to see it. But there is, there is an attitude that comes with running the football. And I'm looking forward to talking to Travis about this because he understands this type of stuff. He sees this a lot better than me. He looks at the film. You know, game's over. He goes back and watches the film. Game's over. I'm, I'm living my life. He's going back and watching film. I'm living my life. But that offensive line, uh, these were gaping holes. And Jeff Wilson. Oh, that's my dog right there. Jeff Wilson running hard, man. Raheem Mostert. Raheem the dream. But Jeff Wilson, what a pickup. But also this offensive line just opening up massive holes. And some of these throws from Tua are just, they're incredible throws. Like the one where he was fading, uh, where he was rolling out. He was about to get sacked. He had to give it away and, and, and you know, hit the sideline for like a gain of 22 to Tyreek Hill, who, who came back for the ball. But Tua likely made that throw before Hill had even broken the route. Just that one in particular. Some of these throws, the timing on it, phenomenal. Phenomenal throws, this guy. Sherfield. Hill. Some of these some of these throws, like, how about, you know, we're going into the, you know, late in the first half. Biggest sequence in the game for me. Now, Dolphins won the game. Well, what do you mean big sequence? It kicked their ass. It wasn't always a beatdown. 
I mean, the score was 10-7 late in the second quarter. Biggest sequence of the game comes late in the second quarter. So you had that great throw to Hill that I'm talking about there. Right before it, the Browns. The Browns went for fourth down. They don't get it. Dolphins get the ball. You got Tua. Great throw to Tyreek Hill. You had a couple big runs from Jeff Wilson. Boy, he's awesome. And now you're inside the 10, and the Dolphins are stuffed on third and fourth and short. Not even close to picking up the first down. Turn the ball over. It's two minutes left. You're up 10 to 7. And that was a huge play. Like, I was mad, man. Damn, that's a big play. Score is only 10-7. It's late in the first half. It's a huge play because... Now, I was cool with them going for it there. I'm not going to second-guess that. I was good with them going for it there. They're running the ball well. Pick up a yard. Let's get a touchdown. But here's the thing. And I'm, I'm still cool with them going for it there. But here's the thing. Should they have gone for a field goal there? Because they kept the ball back to start the second half. You know? You go up 13-7 there. Then you also get the ball back. That's debatable. I'm okay with them going for it there. But that's that's debatable to take the points because then you're getting the ball back. So anyway, the Dolphins give up. This is the biggest sequence of the game, at least to that point. Dolphins give up the ball there. You get the big sack from Ingram and Wilkins on, thir- Wilkins on third down, forces the Browns punt right away. So now you're getting the ball back with enough time to still do something at the end of the half and then get the ball back, get the double dip. You had a great throw to Waddle for first down. That was on third and long, remember? Waddle over the middle. Great throw to Waddle for first down. Incredible throw and catch to Shurfield back in the end zone. Boy, he's a nice third down, uh, uh, third receiver, Trent Shurfield. Incredible throw. Great catch. Getting both feet down. Touchdown. And that, of course, makes up for not picking up the fourth down earlier. And here's the thing. Oh, but what if they went for the field goal before and they got there? No, that wouldn't happen. Because since you, since you gave up the ball on downs, the Browns had the shit field position. You forced them to punt. You now get pretty good field position. It wouldn't have been the same result. So it all worked out. Massive sequence there. The Dolphins don't convert. They don't kick the field goal. But the defense makes the big stop. Get a sack on third down. And then you get the touchdown. This is why you always defer. So they got the touchdown right before the half. Makes it 17-7. Get the ball back. Now Tua's dealing. Oh, kid's dealing. And he got most dirt with the long touchdown run. It was like a 20-yard touchdown run. That's why you defer. You got, you, got the, you got the double dip touchdown end of the second. Touchdown start of the third. What was a 10-7 close game. All of a sudden, 24-7. Beat down time. Let's go. And this Dolphin offense... They scored, touchdown or field goal, they scored every possession but one. What was the one? The one I just told you about. Where they went for the where they went for on fourth down, late in the half, and they didn't pick it up. That's the only and we're not counting the end of the game when the Dolphins, you know, the clock runs out on Skylar Thompson game over. Yeah, we're not counting that. Dolphins scored every and that Browns defense is good. Dolphins scored every possession but one yesterday. What a team. What a team. And the defense finally got some pressure. Big runs. Wilson, Mostert. The the, the penalties were, were down. Okay. All right. The penalties were down. That's a big problem earlier. Penalties were down. And Tua just spreading that ball out. Spread it out. We do have to look at something. We do have to get real about something, though. 
And I talked about this last week. I didn't think that just a week later would I be sitting here and saying this. And you got the bye week, so you got the time to do something about it. But I talked about this last week. I did not expect just one week later to be talking about it again in such a serious fashion. And that thing we're talking about here is the Dolphins have a serious problem at kicker. Yeah. That's, I'm not even going to say it's the elephant in the room. I mean, everyone knows about it, and everyone's going to talk about it now. The, a, a huge takeaway from the game yesterday. This team has a problem at kicker. I told you last week, missed, well, it, was, it was an easy field goal he missed. It was inside 40. Two extra points he missed yesterday. Get the F out of here. Get the hell out of here. Two extra points. They got a problem at kicker. You can't... This team is a Super Bowl contender. You cannot... If you're Mike McDaniel during the bye week here, you cannot ignore a problem that we can all see. You know what a good coach does? A good coach identifies the problem and fixes it before it becomes a real problem. If the problem happens and then you're reactionary to that... That's that, that's not being a leader. A good coach sees the problem, sees what could happen because of this problem, and it's proactive and does something about it. And for this Dolphin team to get to a playoff game and lose a playoff game because Jason Sanders misses an extra point, two yesterday, or because he misses a kick, I don't care how long it is. The Dolphins with Jason Sanders... The Dolphins are going to get to a playoff game and they are going to miss a big kick and it's going to cost them their season and we all see it coming. And if we all see it coming, McDaniels knows, McDaniel knows and he's got to do something about it. We all see it coming. You can't let it happen. You got to move on from Jason Sanders during this bye week. I told you last week that they may have a problem with kicker. I did not expect just one week later to be staying to be sitting here and telling you they need to move on from Jason Sanders. But it's the truth. They need to move on. You bring in another kicker now. I hate the idea of bringing kickers in off the street. But that's your only choice, your only option. You bring him in now. It's the bye week. And he's got, you know, what are we talking? They'll get back, uh, you know, for week 12. And you'll have six weeks to get comfortable. Before the playoffs. You got to move on from Jason Sanders. We can all see what's going to happen. They're going to get to a playoff game. He's going to miss a kick. And that's going to be a bad job out of McDaniel. Because we all know it. You got to take care of the problem. Before it costs you. You got to be proactive. Can't be reactive. Got to do something about it. And you got to do something about it right now. It's got to go. It's got to go. Jason Sanders was so good a couple years ago. He was money. He, he was never missing. He didn't miss his first kick till late in the season. He was so good. And now for the last couple years, he stinks. Every time Jason Sanders is out there, I, I, I have no confidence he's going to make any kick. It's 50-50 at best that he's going to make any kick. I'm not, I know that's not his actual percentage, but when he trots out there, you're a Dolphin fan. Are you saying to yourself, yeah, I feel good about this kick? Nope. I don't feel good about a single kick. He could easily miss 
every, any kick he takes. You got to do something about it. You got to get rid of him during this bye week. Can't let it cost you a playoff game. That's one big takeaway from yesterday. Second big takeaway from yesterday. The Miami Dolphins can run the football. For people who talk about, oh, but Tua, noodle arm, once he gets to the playoffs, is he going to be able to throw in the bad weather and the snow? Remember last year, playing in the rain, that's when you had the big, uh, I think it was Tennessee game. I don't remember which game it was. But you had, you had the arguing with Flores because you had the rain, the bad weather. Guess what? Dolphins can run the ball. Dolphins can run the ball. That's another huge takeaway from yesterday. We can get to winter if the Dolphins have to play games on the road in the playoffs, which right now, Dolphins will be hosting two playoff games. But there's still a lot more games left to be weird if they start the playoffs right now. There's so many games left. Dolphins could run the ball if they get into bad weather. That's the second big takeaway from yesterday's game. And the third big takeaway from yesterday's game, they got an MVP caliber quarterback. You know it! That's what I'm talking about. It worked! They did it! They were rebuilding four years ago, and it worked! Look at us now! We're here! It, it worked! They did it! You got to give a lot of credit to Chris Greer. You do. You got to give a lot of credit. Oh, man. So those are our big takeaways from yesterday. My biggest takeaway is the Dolphins can run the ball. And we're going to get to cold weather and being able to run the football. That travels. You can get to cold weather. You can run. Number two, Dolphins have an MVP caliber quarterback. And number three, It's time to move on from Jason Sanders because he's going to cost them a playoff game. He's going to cost them their season. I I would be surprised if they did not move on from Jason Sanders during this bye week. I think they're going to get rid of him. First step, obviously, they'll be bringing in guys to try out, but my guess is they're going to get rid of him this week. I did not expect to say that after that. Now, you know, I had the thought last week. Didn't expect to say that this week, but we're here. It's, uh, you know, we're at DEFCON 5. Got to move on. All right, we'll get back to the Dolphins. Travis Wingfield will join us coming up. We got a full NFL rundown coming up as well. Hey, though, first, the Heat. The Heat are back in action tonight. They have the Phoenix Suns. The Heat won back-to-back games. I did Last time we spoke on Friday, did not feel good about the Heat's first win against Charlotte. Remember, the Heat beat them on Thursday. Uh, was it Thursday? Yeah, the Heat beat them on Thursday. Then on Saturday night, though, they took that ass. I was like, hey, hey when's the fun starting? Saturday night was good. I wouldn't call Saturday night the fun because Charlotte stinks. Boy, LaMelo Ball made a season debut. He is so reckless out there. So reckless. But anyway, the Heat, they put on a good performance on Saturday night, did what they were supposed to do. They're now 6-7. and seven. I don't necessarily feel good about it. I mean, the Hornets are now 3-11. They're one of the worst teams in the league. But at least you did what you were supposed to do, and that's kick the shit out of a struggling team. And they did that. They did it without Tyler Hero. Missed his third consecutive game. He's questionable for tonight. Omer Yurt's been likely out for the season. I feel like Victor Oladipo's out for the year too, by the way. But I, that's just speculation. Uh, Tyler Hero, questionable. He could return tonight after missing the previous three. But one thing we got to point out about Tyler Hero. Why did the Heat win the game Saturday? That was Heat basketball that we saw Saturday. And what I mean by Heat basketball is this team is at their best when it's the sum of their parts. Not when it's one guy, and definitely the same guy who's playing the starting role. Point in case, Jimmy Butler on Saturday. He had 20 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, took 8 shots. Got to the free throw line 7 for 7, but only took 8 shots. And they scored 132 points? Yeah. Yeah. You don't need one guy. You don't need the same guy being the star. 
Max Struess led the team with 31. Gabe Vincent had over, he had 20. Bam had 24 points and 15 rebounds. Bam was the one who took the most shots. You'd like to see that more often, right? Took 18 shots. But the point is, Tyler Hero leads his team in scoring, leads his team in field goal attempts. It doesn't have to always be Tyler leading the team in scoring and leading the team in field goal attempts every night. This team is at its best when, it's, when they're a ball movement team. Last year, they were, uh, for several years, excellent ball movement team. They're at their best when they're a ball movement team. And sometimes the Tyler, the ball sticks. So they got to find a way to make sure that the ball movement is still there when Tyler's on the floor. He's their best offensive player. He is. But it doesn't mean he should be out there taking 20 shots every single game. This team is at their best when they're spreading the ball around. Defense still leaves a lot to be desired. Tonight you got Phoenix. Uh, I mean, the Suns, we all know the Suns. Are, are the Suns number one in the West still right now? Let me check right quick. Just give me a second. I don't have everything off the top of my head. Uh, no, the Suns are fourth. They're eight and four. They're a half game back of number one overall. So Suns still off to a really good start. They make their lone trip tonight. If you're saying this, Daddy, can you please take me? I want to see Chris Paul. This is your only chance to see him. So tonight you got the Heat and Suns from the soon-to-be-named Zaslow Show 2.0 Arena. All right, so let's real quick here, just quick segue away from the Dolphins. I want to touch on the Heat for a second right quick. All right, so we're having a lot of fun today, obviously. It is a Monday. It is a Monday that the Dolphins are 7-3. and three. The Dolphin fan is feeling a kind of way that he hasn't felt. Maybe it is life, d- depending on how old you are. You've, you've never felt this in your entire life. And we got Travis Wingfield joining us here, making his uh, debut slash return to Zaslow Show 2.0. Of course, everybody knows Travis. He was a regular on Zaslow Show. Travis does the post-game show, does the Miami Dolphins uh, drive time podcast. And I'd have to say, Travis, number one, great to have you aboard Zaslow Show 2.0. Number two, I mean, the atmosphere around the team right now, I know you've been here for what, uh, four or five years, something like that now. You've got to be having the most fun you've ever had. You referenced the age part of being a Dolphins fan earlier, and I kind of felt like you were talking to me right there because I'm someone that grew up with this team where, you know, my my younger years was the late Dan Marino years, and my formative years was the Jay Fiedler, you know, Dave Wanstead years. And so even the good teams back then that the Dolphins had, it was always defense and run the ball and, and try to win 17, 13 games. To, to be able to go out there with your offense and just – expect touchdowns. I mean, the only times this team isn't scoring points is when they're getting fourth and one failures in the red zone. So like they're driving the entire field and you just have confidence. They're going to score every time they touch the ball. And you talk about the confidence, man, like going into that Browns game, as far as the players in the building goes, there was a certain energy, you know, Bradley Chubb arrived and and, and Jeff Wilson arrived and they kind of carried that over into the Browns game into the bye week. And man, you saw the results of them playing really their best game, their most complimentary game all year long. For people who don't understand, I mean, you're walking around the building, and I'm not even talking about from a from a player, from a locker room perspective, but you're you're walking up and down the halls, uh, you know, you're going by the offices, you're going by the cubicles uh, of the regular everyday, uh, you know, guy who who is employed, guy or girl who's employed by the Dolphins. Can you can you just can you describe to people the energy around the building now for the people who work hard that you don't see on the field? It's, it's palpable. Like you can feel it. And I, I think it's the Mike McDaniel effect in terms of, you know, he, it's, you, you hear him at the press conferences and, you know, I think it's our nature to, to not believe coaches at their face value. And they, when they speak to us in the media, whether it's about, you know, injuries or how they approach football, whatever the case may be, there is, you know, some gamesmanship to be had there. But 
When you talk about the genuine article of Mike McDaniel, what you see is what you get. And he has reflected that across the entire building. I mean, there was a, there was a great uh, story in The Athletic. Uh, her first name is Kaylin. I can't remember her last name. She wrote a great story about McDaniel and the kind of change and the positivity in the building. And it's, she went around to some coaches and players and were like, sometimes we have to kind of check ourselves and be like, is this like right? Should we be a little more hard on ourselves? But uh, so there's a good balance of it. But the way McDaniel just kind of, you know, exudes that energy, it's, it, it's real, man. It, it exists and we feel it every single day. What have you been surprised about, if anything, when it comes to McDaniel? And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about in-game, Travis. I'm talking about, like, for instance, I thought there, you know, when he got the job and you hear him speak the first few times, I thought, hey, after games that he would be, like, super excited. I'm talking about, like, when he's when he's at the podium post-game. I'm even in-game. And, and I don't mean that he's not excited, but what I mean is I feel like he has done a tremendous job just being even keel, just keeping his cool. And I didn't expect that, A, out of a young coach, uh, B, out of a first-year coach. I, I think he's done a tremendous job uh, just just emotionally staying at one level. Everybody wanted to know how he was going to react when they lost the game, right? Because it was all, oh, it's easy to be sunshine and rainbows when you're, you know, you're in training camp and you've got Tyree Kill running up and down the field. You won your first three games. Your quarterback looks great. It's easy, right? Easy to be excited when you have those situations going on. Then they go through, I would say, you know, the hardest stretch of games as far as just what the team went through from a, you know, from a, a national news standpoint, from the, the injury standpoint, like all that stuff was, was some serious adversity and they found their way through it. I mean, it's, it's just what he's been about. And, you know, I think one of the things that people were, were surprised or were, I guess, questioning coming into this whole experience was, you know, can he command a, a, a room of men? And I, I always thought that was unfair because I don't care about a, a person's physical stature. It's, it has nothing to do with the job, but that was like one of the concerns out there. And man, you go back to training camp, there was, you know, he was, he was basically telling the guys like, this is not up to our standard. Like this was, we had one practice where it just wasn't good enough. And he, he let them know like the veterans, like if you guys are okay with this happening, then like, that's not okay. You shouldn't be here. So like they, they were able to kind of get the feel of what it's supposed to look like. And then again, this year, you know, the, was it the, uh, I think it was the Lions game, all those penalties they had early on. We saw the sideline camera pan to him. We said, get it, you know, expletive fixed, get this stuff stopped. So he definitely has, you know, that uh, the, the bravado you need as a head coach to lead the entire organization and you're seeing it play out. I mean, obviously the winning, you know, it plays the biggest factor, but, you know, I see these post videos in the locker room and he's given the speeches and certainly it's after a win. But, you know, I, I see these guys and I mean, Travis, they must love him, right? How can you not? I mean, the, giving out the game balls to the entire team and, and just – the way he is the first game that he won against the Patriots when they were like giving him, you know, the Gatorade bath and applauding him. And he was like, I didn't do S, you know, I didn't do anything here. This is all you guys. I'm just the one that calls the plays and, you know, puts together the game plan, but the, the players themselves, they go out and execute. So it's, it's like, you know, we hear about players, coaches all the time. It's not just this lip service thing where you, yeah, he's a player's coach. He's great to us, but then, you know, you get behind the scenes. Maybe he doesn't feel that same way, but again, like, what you see is what you get. McDaniel loves his players. He's here to serve the players, like he's always said, and he's doing a great job with it. All right, let's get to some actual football stuff. Uh, the first thing I want to get to here with you, Travis, is this. T tell me, because uh, you understand this stuff better than I do, how good has the offensive line been compared to how good the running backs 
have been. Mostert, Jeff Wilson, of course. I love that guy. I mean, he's only been here for, for five oh minutes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> five, five minutes he's been here. I love him so much. But how much is it the, the, the running backs? How much is it the offensive line? Because I'm, I'm watching the game here from, you know, my couch in the Zaslow Mansion family room, and these are some big freaking holes that they're opening up, Travis. <laughs> They're massive. Yesterday was insane. I'm glad you mentioned Jeff Wilson, by the way. 215 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns in two games. Getting here 10 days ago. I mean, how highly does that speak of the way he comes in and works and gets the offense down right away? I know it's a, a similar offense to what he used to run, but just really impressive. And, you know, it's. I thought you were going pass protection there at first, Aslo, and I think it, it works both ways in terms of how you would credit you know, what's actually happening. I think a lot of it's game plan. I think the fact that they fire off the football, they get so much lateral movement that it, it forces – you know, defensive linemen, especially a Browns team that wants to play with their hair on fire. You know, they want to get one gap and, and get upfield and get after you. Well, the Dolphins just use that aggressiveness to their advantage. They would kind of let those guys shoot the gaps and they they kind of turn them and seal them and, and create those big lanes like we talked about. And it works in the pass protection game as well, where, you know, if I have to worry about a, a, an outside C gap run and then the quarterback winds up on the opposite side of the field, like how do I, how do I measure my, my rush lane to get after that? So Part of it, a big part of it is scheme. A huge part of it is execution for the offensive line. I mean, Teron Armstead has been absolutely fantastic. Connor Williams, for my money, is the best center in the NFL. He's right there with Jason Kelsey for the wow. way he's played this year. Rob Hunt has had a hell of a year at right guard. He had, if you go back to the Trent Sherfield touchdown yesterday, he had a play where uh, Miles Garrett won inside the right tackle, and Rob Hunt comes over and just buries and puts him on the ground to buy two of the extra time to make that pass. And then you talk about the backs too. I mean. I, I just think they finally found the secret sauce in terms of, you know, because Raheem was the 1A guy, right? He was kind of the bell cow who was getting the getting the yards. And then they would kind of go away from him and, and the running game would stall a little bit. But now, now that's Jeff Wilson, who gives you a different level of energy. He puts those linebackers in business decisions, man. Like, am I going to am I gonna have to get wide and, and chase this dude? Or am I going to have to drop my shoulder and hit him? Because he'll he'll put the blow on you too. So, it's it might sound kind of homer to say Zaslow, but I think it's just the entire ingredients are, are kind of kicking in right now. It's it's making for a beautiful stew. You know, I think one of the big stories out of the game yesterday was we we have we have a question for the future that I think was answered yesterday, which was some of the talk has been all right. Two is having a great season, but can he do it in the cold weather? Well, what we saw yesterday was this Miami Dolphins team. If they want to run in the cold weather, they're going to be able to run in the cold weather. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's the best, the most portable style of football you can play is the defense and, and running game. And it just speaks to the number of ways this team can win games. I mean, it's, it's been Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle for most of the year, right? Well, yesterday you get, what was it, five guys that had at least three or four catches, and he's throwing touchdown passes to, you know, two undrafted players and, and uh, a Vanderbilt's, you know, Trent Sherfield and then Wisconsin's Alec Engle, a fullback and a, number three wide receiver. So you have that in your arsenal. You talk about the running game. I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, The the way that pairs with how teams have to play this offense with Tyreek and Jalen, like if you want to play man coverage, go ahead. It's going to be a long day. If you want to play your two high shell, well, now we've got Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson to to run for almost 200 yards on you. You find multiple ways to win games. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but that's that's how championships are won, man. Like you're not going to have your A game in all categories every single game, especially against, you know, fellow top contending teams. That's how you win Super Bowls, by, by winning games in multiple ways. And by the way, if the Dolphins just take care of business, they won't have to go on the road. 
Yeah, you know, I'm explaining to my I'm explaining to my son yesterday that yes, the Dolphins right now going into the bye week are first place in the AFC East. Uh, but what's just as important is like if the playoffs started today, which would be crazy because there's still so many games left. But if the playoffs started <laughs> today, the Dolphins would host not just one, but they would host two playoff games. And and, and the fact that they're now in control of that scenario, uh, it's it, I see. I like that the bye week is coming right now, Travis. Some people will say, "Hey, you know, bye comes at a bad time. Four straight wins." I I don't necessarily believe in that. I think if your team's playing well, it's okay to have a bye and and get some rest, get healthy, clear your mind a little bit. I, do you mind the bye coming right now? Not one iota. Like you mentioned, the health has been getting better for the last few weeks, and it's only going to get better from here with two weeks. To, you know, to to have off and have the guys with some downtime. But also, I mean, you know. Mike McDaniel, when he was in San Francisco, he's, he's talked about this, how he would basically lock himself in his office for 18 hours a day and cook up game plans and run schemes and how to attack you know, the opposing defense's vulnerabilities. He hasn't really had a chance to necessarily do that as much as he used to because he has other responsibilities to fulfill. He's talked about how he has to delegate certain tasks and how you have to be front-facing. He had the great comment about how you, know, you have to shower more because you're going to be in front of people more <laughs> frequently. Well, now he gets a week to just open up the the film and open up his, you know, his notes and, and just self-scout his own football team. And I think when you come out of that on the other side, like all these great coaches we've seen as far as, you know, the offensive masterminds, the Andy Reeds of the world, you know, I would go back to, uh, oh shoot, Brian, Brian Dayball over in Buffalo, all these guys that have great offensive systems, but now he's obviously with the Giants. Uh, they, they tend to come out of the bye weeks red hot with all kinds of stuff you haven't seen. And I just expect it to be the same thing from Coach McDaniel. So, yeah, you mentioned the health is a big deal. Self-scouting coming out of that bye week, man. I think it's going to get just keep getting even better. What have you noticed from Bradley Chubb? And and also with the bye week, how does that help incorporating him into the defense? I, I think it should have a big impact. Who was the guy that got traded a couple weeks ago and said that he finally feels – oh, Christian McCaffrey watching the game last night was saying, like, I had the bye week to get into the playbook, and now I feel like I'm full gear, ready to go. And it's going to be a big deal now, especially with Emmanuel Ogba down. I know he didn't have the stats we we came you know accustomed to with him, but he's definitely a big part of this defense. So to have him go down, good thing you have Bradley Chubb in the fold now. But yeah, man, I think his lateral agility, which is it was what makes him so unique in terms of like that's why he was the fifth pick in the draft, is the the lateral quickness with the physical stature and power that he plays with. That left tackle for the Browns. I'm excited to watch it on the tape uh, today, but watching the game live, that left tackle kept oversetting and he was just darting inside of him. So he can really kind of collapse your entire pass protection scheme just because he can win going both directions. And uh, as far as the system goes, there's no way he like has it all down yet because Josh Boyer has as many fronts and different, you know, blitz packages as anybody in the NFL. So the the, the couple of weeks off here, I have to imagine he'll get into that playbook and, and just get even more comfortable with all the stunts and games and, and rush plans this team runs. I uh I was not at the game yesterday, Travis. I've, I've been to one game this year. I went to the Pittsburgh game, and holy crap, they, it, it was so much fun. And and the game kind of stunk. It, like it, it wasn't a very good game, the Pittsburgh game. And it was so, it was so much fun. The atmosphere <laughs> right. was fantastic. Um, t- tell me, I mean, the t- tickets are so expensive this year, which is a double edged sword, right, Travis? Like <laughs> when the tickets are affordable, it's because the team kind of stinks. And when the tickets are really expensive, like this year. It's because the team is really good. Like my son was saying to me yesterday, uh, you know, I, I, we got to save up money so we can go to a, a playoff game. And I told him, I, I go, I go, buddy, uh, these playoff tickets are going to be outrageous. All right. I, I was like, 
maybe if they get to the AFC championship game, I, I mean, I've been to playoff games, you know, if like, if they get to an AFC championship game, then maybe we, uh, we break open the piggy bank, you know, these, I mean, these, these games are so expensive now, but anyway, uh, yesterday, it, it must've been a party. Tell me a little bit about the atmosphere. Yeah, to, to your point, my uh, my comp tickets that I get for the games are now on the 300 level. Last year, they were down in the lower bowl, about 15 <laughs> rows up from the field. So it's uh, my friends aren't as happy about that because we're getting more seats, but they definitely like seeing the better football team. But, yeah, I mean, the MVP chance is the first thing I think about when you talk about that because, yeah. I mean, just, just to flash forward for, like, you know, one year from where we were a year ago where it felt like he was going to be, you know, not here for just the, the rest of the season, maybe even less, you know, if they run the season out with Jacoby Brissett and, make that big trade and maybe two is not even part of the equation at that point. So you felt it with that energy. Um, the wideout was certainly cool. The, seeing the towels wave around was, was something I've never been a part of before. You know, they handed out 50,000 publics and, and go fins towels on there. I've never seen, you know, I've only seen the Pittsburgh towels, you know, on, on TV uh, up, up in their stadium, but to see it down here was really, really cool. The wideout, uh, it, it was pretty well executed. I think it could have been a little bit better as far as the whole crowd wearing the white, but um. Man, it's it's been electric, and you can you know even inside the press box, you can just hear it. I mean, you can hear the the, the physical sound of people, you know, clapping and stomping. You can hear the the energy of the cheering. It's man, you, you talked about the top of the show. It's something we've been waiting for for a long, long time. It's just so so much fun to see, man. You know, we're a month away, Travis, from the second game against Buffalo. This one will be in Buffalo on December eighteen. <laughs> uh, we're we're headed toward a scenario, Travis. Now, I haven't looked at the rest of the schedule that week, but we're headed toward a very real scenario where that game could be flexed for Sunday night football, right? I think so. It's tough because it's one of the games that could potentially go into the Saturday slate. I think it's like five potential games with three windows to fill. So I would be pretty surprised if it wasn't the Saturday night game, but the NFL network flagship, whatever you would call well, that. Well, that'd be fine too, because the Saturday games that they flex over there, like those are standalone games then, right? Yeah, it's got its own primetime window. I think it's I think it's the same one, you know, four thirty, eight o'clock yeah. structure that we we're used to. So it's it's gonna be a, a standalone game, an island game, whatever you call it, whether it's Saturday, you know, afternoon or evening or, or Sunday night. There, there's no way they're not gonna put that game in primetime because the way it's going right now, if the Dolphins take care of their business and you know, you, you kind of expect them to, they win that game. I mean, they're very comfortably in the driver's seat for the AFC East, which is also probably going to produce a, a you know top one of the top two or three seeds. So it's a big, big game, man. Can you imagine? Uh, you know, right now I know the 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 Chargers obviously lost last night. All right, but you, you look right now at the playoff picture and the Chargers because of the tie break they actually dropped down to eight. New England jumps into number seven. But before that game took place <laughs> last night, can you imagine a playoff scenario? where it's Tua versus Herbert? Because that's what you were staring oh at for, for a few hours. It was only for a few hours yesterday. But for a few hours yesterday, you were staring at a potential Herbert versus Tua playoff matchup. Travis, come on. I mean, I thought you were going to say four AFC East teams in the, in the playoffs, which is another scenario that's wild. But yeah. yeah, man, I mean, who, who doesn't want that? I mean, uh, you know, we can get into the debate if you want to, but I, I think it's a lot closer than people have given it credit for, and especially, you know, the way things are going recently. I, I would, I mean... I'm taking our guy personally. I, I don't know how people feel out there, but uh, yeah, if you get that matchup, you're going to, you might break Twitter. Maybe, maybe Elon, that was his whole plan before two and Herbert face each other in the playoffs. You have to get Twitter uh, burned to the ground because they're not going to be able to handle it. It's, it's one of those deals with two and Herbert. Like even if, even if there are people who, who like Herbert better, I mean, just the fact that we can even have a legitimate conversation about which yeah. one is better is amazing. But you know, I liken it to the NBA where, 
It, you know, a few years ago, uh, you had the Hawks and the Mavericks who did a draft day trade where the Hawks drafted Luka Doncic at number three and the Mavericks drafted Trey Young at number five in a prearranged deal and they swapped. And it's like, look, everyone is going to admit, everyone's going to say Luka Doncic is better. Everybody knows Luka Doncic is better. But the Hawks fan isn't sitting there saying, I wish we had Luka Doncic instead of mm-hmm. Trey Young. Like, they're like, our guy is awesome. I love our guy. I wouldn't swap him for the other one. And I, that's kind of how I feel about the Tua Herbert thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, I, I wouldn't, I don't want any other quarterback, man. Like I, I, I always, I've always felt that you, you draft your guy and, you know, cause like the idea of all these veteran quarterbacks out there, I know this is kind of going away from the question, but like the idea of bringing in someone else's quarterback and, and winning a championship with them, just, I guess you can't be picky, but I always wanted it to be our own guy. And so for yeah. two to get drafted here to develop and then like the adversity he overcame that you've, you've mentioned now, I mean, that just makes it even more special. Yeah, man. Like that's, that's our guy. We, that was the guy that we basically got us through the 2019 season, right? Like watching those college games, watching Tua, is he going to throw more touchdowns or more incompletions in this Alabama game today? That was like our Sundays for us as Dolphins fans, just watching Tua and seeing what he was going to do. So he's been my guy since that freaking touchdown pass in the national championship game, man. And he still is to this day. So let's go. Let's try with Tua. I'll leave you with this, Travis. Uh, obviously, you, you know, the end game, the goal is is to win a Super Bowl and to be uh, a contender every single season. But, like, they like we, we were a few years ago, tank for Tua was the whole plan. Uh, you know, uh, they start the year 0-7. Like, Travis, they did it. Like, it, it, it worked. They did it. And, and they're in a spot where they're a really good football team. And they have a franchise quarterback. Like I said, the end game is to win a Super Bowl, all right? And we're a, we're a ways away from, from all that stuff. But, like, they totally did it. It worked, Travis. In the circuitous route, right? Because, like, if you don't get the first pick that year, technically you probably shouldn't be able to get Tua. But because he has that hip injury, he falls. Like, how do you, you talk about the Chargers and the Bengals and the Dolphins that year? How do you think Detroit and Washington and the Giants feel by passing on Tua and Herbert? I'm sure both of those teams, all three of those teams, would love to have either of those. Oh, were they the? Right were they two, three, four? <laughs> were those the teams? Yeah, and they they all had you know they all had quarterback needs. I mean, Daniel Jones went the yeah. year prior, but I mean, I think anyone would have agreed that that wasn't the right move to go after the quarterback there. So I think that was the real mistake in terms of that class. But yeah, man, to, to be able to get Tua with the fifth pick to not sacrifice your future capital because. If they would have had to use 2021 capital to go up, maybe Jalen Waddle's not here. Maybe Javon Holland's not here. Maybe, you know, Jalen Phillips is not here. I mean, that's one of the best offers draft classes really in recent memory. So to be able to hit on draft picks, to be able to get your franchise quarterback. And then let's talk about Chris Freer this year, man. How about like executive of the year potential? Everything he's doing turns to gold. I mean, Teron Armstead, Connor Williams, go out and get Jeff Wilson, go out and get Bradley Chubb. I mean, Thomas Morstead's been aces in your punting game. Cedric Wilson. How about Tyree freaking Hill? Like, all these guys they brought in have just been hitting. And it's, it's. I mean, the, the biggest contribution on this team has been from guys that were new this season. So, yeah, Chris Greer deserves his flowers, man. He certainly uh, gets a lot of hate out there on Twitter. So I hope people are ready to apologize to that guy. Hey, I'm one of those guys. Uh, Travis, excellent <laughs> job. Tell everyone how they can catch you today. I know you got a lot of good stuff planned. Yeah, I appreciate you, Zach. So it's a drive time podcast, like you mentioned. I'm going to go in and watch the tape right now and get, get a podcast for you guys tomorrow. And then we'll have the three takeaways piece on MiamiDolphins.com too. Great job, Travis. Appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot, Zaslow. You're the man. Excellent job there by Travis Wingfield. Appreciate him coming back on the program. That's right. His his return slash debut 
on Zaslow Show 2.0. Again, big thank you to everyone. Our first couple weeks, this is the start of week number three. Our first couple weeks have gone really, really well. Really well. And again, if you're interested in sponsorship, advertising info, you go to the Twitter page, at Zaslow Show, or on Instagram. I'm an influencer, at Zaslow J. And you can see there's an email there. You can click on that, uh, and you come reach out. We'll see if we can work something out. Uh, but yeah, uh, special thanks. Sponsor from day one, Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. Those are my guys. 800-747-FREE. If you're involved in any type of accident, slip and fall, a car, motorcycle, whatever. If you got a personal injury, you're... You're not going to know what to do. You got to call them and they're going to get you through everything and get you the money that you deserve. 800-747-3733. You know what time it is. It was a lot of action. Yes, it was a crazy day. Crazy NFL Sunday. Week 10 wraps up tonight. Eagles, Commanders. That's what the Washington team is called this year. That's Monday Night Football tonight. But let's get to our full Week 10 NFL rundown. Come on. All right, so we'll start out here right quick. So I want to give you a little bit of this. The Dolphins took that ass yesterday. Dolphins 39, Cleveland Browns 17, Jacoby Brissett. You got exactly what you deserved. You got what's coming to you. The Dolphins improved to 7-3. The Browns, they drop to 3-6. Tua Tonga-Vailoa, best kid. 25 for 32, 285 yards, 3 touchdowns. Legitimate MVP candidate. The crowd was chanting for him. And how about Jeff Wilson? What a midseason acquisition. Hey, Travis is right. Is Chris Greer a shoo-in for the executive of the year? Jeff Wilson, 17 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Give me a little bit of Mike McDaniel addressing the team in the locker room after the game. So, the list was long. But I thought about it since you guys gave me some time um, at the end of the game to collect my thoughts. And, and, and this is serious. Every single player gets a game ball this game. I'm going to ask you this, and this is something, this is a super important moment, super important moment for our season. I'm going to ask you this. Is the grind worth it? Okay. That's why everyone's getting a game ball, because we did not fall into that. I kind of had a feeling about this squad, okay? I, I, I had to call my shot on it, but I had a feeling that you guys were going to empty the tank, and you did. Fellas, this is what it's about. I'm so proud of the captains, the leadership council, and everybody. Enjoy this one. Okay, the point was... We were coming after 2022, so it would be one of those years that you'd remember forever. Okay? It's week 10, and we're right on our way. Okay? Let's keep going. Keep grinding. I appreciate the shit out of you guys, and I love you to death. By the way, he won't, he won't tell you, but this dude is playing lights the f*** out. Hey, hey, hey. We deserve this, fellas. We deserve it. No, family. Family family on three. One, two, three. So the early game there yesterday, though, Bucks and Seahawks, they were in Germany. 
The Bucks win 21-16. Tom Brady, 22 for 29, 258 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, what, what's the, the running back's name? White, uh, Rashawn White? I'm not sure if that's his name. He had 22 carries for 105 yards. Nobody cares. Uh, the Bucks improved to 5-5. Five and five. It kind of feels, look, this sucks, but it kind of feels like after last week and Brady comes up to the podium, he's like, that was fucking awesome. Uh, it seems like the Bucks are now going to they're, they're run away with this division. Seahawks dropped to 6-4. and four. Give me a little bit of Tom Brady after the game. Yeah, that was one of the great uh, football experiences I've ever had. So says a lot for 23 years in the league and for a regular season game. And I think the fan turnout was incredible. It felt like uh, very electric from the time we took the field. So at uh, the end of the game with them singing Sweet Caroline and uh, Country Row, that was that was pretty epic. So I think everyone who's a part of that experience uh, got to got to have something pretty uh, pretty amazing memory for their life. So thank you for hosting us. We appreciate it. Thank you. The Vikings yesterday in the game of the year. So the Dolphins finished the game. And I told you, look, we're keeping an eye on the Dolphins, the Vikings and Bills, the Chiefs and Jaguars. We'll get to the Chiefs and Jaguars coming up. But if the Dolphins win and the Bills lose, first place Dolphins, baby. First place in the AFC East. And the Bills are up big this game. The Bills were up 27 to 17, and they're, they got fourth down. All right. They can go for a field goal and go up by 13, but McDermott decides to go for it. Josh Allen. <laughs> Josh Allen. Interception in the end zone. That gets the comeback started. The Vikings wind up scoring there. 20, like, so they're right back in the game now, the Vikings. All right. It's 27 24. And then you got the madness that begins. So the Vikings, they get the ball back. Justin Jefferson, who had 10 catches for 193 yards and a touchdown. He might be the best receiver in football. He made the catch of the year. Fourth and 18 with one hand. He does the Odell Beckham, but taking it away from another guy and on fourth down and 18. So that saves the drive. They get down to the goal line. They get stuffed on third and fourth down. And this was a crazy sequence because... They get on, on third down, it may have been second down, actually. They gave the Vikings the touchdown, and there's only seconds remaining. They gave the, uh, under a minute to go. They gave the Vikings the touchdown. They review it, no touchdown. Right call. Then on third down, well, uh, that may have been third down. On fourth down, Cousins, he misses what would have been a wide open lane to run the, uh, like wide open if he would have rolled out. It could have walked it in. Instead, he throws it late to Cook. Cook drops it. Game over. No. Bills were offside. Now you got another play. And now they tried to stuff it in with Cousins. He does not get in. Bills think they win the game. And then I've never seen anything like this before. The Bills have the ball on inch yard line. Josh Allen can't kneel it. So he has to try and push forward. Bobbles the snap. Vikings recover. In the end zone. They take the lead. But no. Missed extra points. What a game. Missed extra point. The Bills, with enough time, you get a P.I. on Gabe Davis. They kick a field goal with no time left. They go to overtime. In overtime, the Vikings get a field goal. Josh Allen, what does he do? Throws an interception in the end zone. Vikings win. That's right. Josh Allen, 29 for 43, 330 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Can't be the MVP when you have three games in a row like that. Too many interceptions, poor decision-making. Vikings improved 8-1. Bills are 6-3. Dolphins are first place. 
crazy game. Here's Justin Jefferson after the game. You played a lot of football games in your life. Where does this break? Um, definitely top two for sure. Um, just off us being down, um, going up against a team like that, uh, us not getting that that goal line touchdown and uh, fumbling in, in the end zone. It's, it was so crazy. Uh, it, it felt like it was unreal. It felt like a movie. How about the Detroit Lions? The Lions beat the Bears 31 to 30. They get their third win of the season. It's their first road win in forever. The Bears drop to three and seven. But again, Justin Fields like a video game. 12 for 20, 167 yards, two touchdowns and an interception, 13 rushes, 147 yards on the ground, and two touchdowns rushing. Amazing. If you got him for your fantasy football team, you're having a lot of fun. Here's Man Campbell after the game. Man, I I, I was proud of him. You know, it, it wasn't the cleanest game. Um... But we uh, we did what we we had to do there in the fourth. Man, our defense came up big. You know, uh, we desperately needed a takeaway. We get that, and we get points. You know, Jeff makes a heck of a play. Uh, but then just the stops at the game, and then offensively, man, we needed the drive of our life. We got it, 91 yards, go all the way down, and uh, you know, score there. And then at the end of the game, to just seal it, get a first down to seal it. You know, I, I was proud of them, man. They just hung in there and they kept fighting and. Uh, you know, that was, uh, that team played well, you know, that was, uh, they played hard, and, uh, but our guys responded, and that's a huge win, man, that's two, all, that's, that's two, that's two back-to-back, that's a division win, and that's our first road win in two years, so those are all big things for us, so I was proud of them. The other game the Dolphins fans were keeping an eye on yesterday were the Chiefs. If the Chiefs were to lose yesterday, the Dolphins would be first place in the entire AFC, but it wasn't meant to be, at least not this week. The Chiefs, 27, Jaguars, 17, Kansas City, first place in the AFC at 7-2. The Jaguars dropped to 3-7. Patrick Mahomes, huge fantasy day. Twenty, Good fantasy player, good player. 26 for 35, 331 yards, four touchdowns and an interception. Travis Kelsey, 6 for 81 and a touchdown. Moving on. The New York Giants, a 24-16 win against the Houston Texans. After the bye this week, the Dolphins have the Texans at Hard Rock Stadium. That's beatdown city. The Giants improved to 7-2. The Texans are 1-7-1. Saquon Barkley, he's back. 35 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the New Orleans Saints 20-10. Pittsburgh's 3-6, New Orleans 3-7. Rookie Kenny Pickett. 18 for 30, 199 yards. He had eight rushes for 51 yards and a touchdown on the ground. The Tennessee Titans are 6-3 with a 17-10 win over the Broncos. Raise your hand if you knew that the Titans were 6-3. Nobody's raising their hand. The Broncos dropped to 3-6. Russell Wilson was 21 of 42 for 286, a touchdown and an interception. Ryan Tannehill returned to action. He was 19-36, 255 yards and two touchdowns in the air. The Colts, this was the most interesting game of the week because you had Jeff Saturday making his debut. He has no coaching experience against Josh McDaniels, who might be the worst coach ever. The Colts win 25-20. They are now 4-5-1. The Raiders dropped to 2-7. You won't be surprised if McDaniels is fired today. Jeff Saturday, a week A week after tweeting out, because he was an ESPN analyst, a week after tweeting out, the Raiders are horrible, Jeff Saturday then coaches against the Raiders 
and beats them with no experience. All-time flex move by Jeff Saturday. Jonathan Taylor, 22 carries, 147 yards and a touchdown. Matt Ryan, he's the starting quarterback again, 21 for 28, 222 yards and a touchdown. Here's Derek Carr, the Raiders quarterback, after the game. I love I love Josh. I love the car. I love our coaches. Um, they've had nothing but success, you know, way more success than I've ever had, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Derek, um, you know, I'm, oh, sorry. to finish that, sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off about some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice what we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. It's hard knowing what some guys are doing. Like I said, just to practice what they're putting in their body just to sleep at night. Like just so we can be there for each other. And I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place. And as a leader, that pisses me off. If I'm being honest. Another great game took place at Lambeau yesterday as Mike McCarthy, former Super Bowl winning coach of the Packers, makes his return as coach of the Cowboys. The Packers were trailing by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They come back and win the game in overtime, 31-28. Inexplicably, Mike McCarthy, he's a meatball. I do, Mike McCarthy is not a good coach. In overtime, the Cowboys have the ball first, and on fourth and three, they're at about the uh, 15-yard line, 10-yard line maybe. They go for it incomplete. Packers, all they need is a field goal to win it. They got that field goal. What are you doing? Packers win. They're now 4-6. and six. Cowboys drop to 6-3. and three. If the Eagles win tonight to go to 9-0, and oh, they're 3 up on Dallas. That's going to be it for the Cowboys in terms of that division. That was a damaging loss yesterday to lose to Green Bay. Rodgers was 14-20 for 224. Three touchdowns. Aaron Jones 24 rushes, 138 yards and a touchdown. The Arizona Cardinals, no Kyler Murray. Colt McCoy, he was 26-37 for 238 and a touchdown. The Cardinals, they essentially end the Super Bowl champion Rams season 27-17. The Cardinals are 4-6, kind of keeping their season alive. The Rams drop to 3-6. And, and finally, Sunday Night Football, really good game. 49ers win 22-16 over the Chargers. Both teams are 5-4. and four. Jimmy Garoppolo, 19 for 28 for 240 yards. He had Justin Herbert, 21 for 35, 196 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Couldn't get it done late in the game. He's hit as he throws. Interception, 49ers win. Right now, the Chargers, they are out of the playoff picture. And can we just be honest for a second? Can, can, can we have a moment of honesty? If Justin Herbert were having the season, that Tua Tonga-Vailoa is having right now. The question is, do you think they would induct him into the Hall of Fame immediately following the season, or would they do it in season? That's the big question. They would change the rules. You wouldn't have to retire and wait five years. If Herbert were having the season that Tua's having, on my screen right now, 
Stephen A. Smith and Dan Orlovsky are debating if Tua should be at the top of the MVP conversation. The answer is obviously yes. But the big question is, if Justin Herbert were having the season that Tua Tonga Bailoa is having, would they induct him into the Hall of Fame at the end of this season, or would they do it right now? That's the question. Let that marinate. And that right there is your Week 10 NFL Rundown. So let's take a look here at the current AFC playoff picture. Here's what we got right now. Kansas City, right? Only one team gets a bye. Remember, all right? They changed that a couple years ago. So Kansas City, 7-2. and two, They would currently get the bye. They're number one. Number two are the Miami Dolphins at 7-3. and three. And this is important because it's not only would the Dolphins host a playoff game in the wild card round, they would host two playoff games. So the Dolphins controlling their own fate the rest of the way. I mean, pretty big deal. <laughs> I mean, what am I saying? You know that. Pretty big deal. Here's what you got, though, but before I continue on with the with the with the rest of what the AFC playoff picture looks like, let's take a look at what the rest of the Dolphins' schedule looks like. So, they have the bye this week, and then they finish out like this, what we're calling easy stretch of games with the Houston Texans. All right. After that, now, the, the rest of the schedule from there on out, it's, it's tough. All right. But Dolphins are the best team with the best quarterback, MVP of the league. Then you got at San Francisco. That's a tough game. Then you're at the Chargers. Tua, Herbert, that's what I'm talking about. Then you heard me there talking about it with, with Travis Wingfield. Then you got Dolphins-Buffalo, which could be either flexed to a standalone game Saturday or Sunday night football. You got to figure it's going to be one or the other. So then at Buffalo, which could be for the division. Then you're hosting Green Bay. <coughs> excuse me. You're hosting Green Bay on Christmas. Merry Christmas. Then you're at New England on New Year's Day. Happy New Year. Mac Jones sucks. And then you finish the season hosting the New York Jets on January 8th, which could also, you could see that being flexed to Sunday Night Football as well. That could be for a playoff spot. It's not going to be for the division. Get it? Like The Jets are going to start losing some games. It's, it's enough already. Playtime's over. So that's, you know, schedule gets tough after the next game. But, oh, man. So Dolphins, second, second in the AFC, 7-3. Then you got Tennessee, 6-3. Baltimore, 6-3. Those are your top four. Those are your division leaders. Those are the teams that host a playoff game in the first round. Then you got the New York Jets at 6-3. Buffalo, 6-3. New England, 5-4. All four AFC East playoff teams right now would qualify for the playoffs. And right now your matchups, let's just have some fun. I mean, you've got so much time, it's going to move around. You would have New England at Miami. Oh, God, wouldn't that be, I'd be amazing. Oh, you know what? Let me, let me say a little prayer right quick. I want that so bad. Let me say a little prayer right quick. Please, Hashem, please give us Mac Jones at the Miami Dolphins in the first round of the playoffs. Please. You know, I, I hate the Patriots so much. They suck. Mac Jones, a bottom three quarterback in the entire NFL. I, I, I love it when the Patriots lose. You, you know, essentially, I want them to miss the playoffs, you know, but if they're going to make the playoffs, please, Hashem, I, I don't ask for very much. I, I won't ask for anything else for at least the rest of the day. Please, Hashem, can you have the Patriots make the playoffs and play at the Dolphins in the Wild Card Weekend? Okay, very good. I love you a long time. You would have New England at Miami, Buffalo at Tennessee, New York Jets at Baltimore. That's what you got right now. That's what you got. There it is. Can I say something really quick? I mean, what else are we all doing? So yesterday during the Chargers game, Justin Herbert, helmet to helmet, which what was that guy's name? Greenwell? Greenwall that got thrown out of the game? That's a garbage ejection. Not even the whole warning. They just straight up threw him out of the game when 
he 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 went to hit him with his shoulder, which you're allowed. And, and Herbert was a runner in that spot. He was not, you know, giving himself up as the quarterback. He was a runner. And then Herbert ducks his head, and they go helmet to helmet. And they eject him. That's a terrible job by the referees. Terrible job by the officials. But anyway, Herbert, because he had a major helmet-to-helmet situation, New York makes the phone call. Take him out of the game. Got to take him out. He comes back in a little bit later. Wait, what? What? So, Teddy Bridgewater, I'm still looking for the play where Teddy Bridgewater stumbled, but Teddy Bridgewater, who never was diagnosed with a concussion, never showed any symptoms, some, some doofus from New York gets on a phone and says he can't play anymore, and Justin Herbert goes helmet to helmet in a violent collision, and is allowed back in the game? What? What? If you're a Dolphin fan, you had to be thinking, what the hell is happening there? But here's the thing. I told you this. We're not going to be seeing that again. After Bridgewater was taken out of the game and not allowed to return because some doofus in New York gets on a phone and says, I, I, he's not allowed to play anymore. The NFL, I told you we were, ne- we were never going to see that again. The NFL does everything they can to protect the quarterbacks. Why do they protect the quarterbacks? Because... Quarterbacks are the stars. The quarterbacks make the game go, make the game watchable. You got to have a good quarterback player. The game sucks. And we need to do everything we can to keep the quarterbacks healthy. We need to do everything we can to keep the quarterbacks on the field. And this new rule, which took Bridgewater out of the game for nothing, the NFL went from a place where we are adjusting the rules to keep, we're making it so safe so that we can keep the quarterback on the field that they have now gone completely in the other direction where we're making it so safe that we're taking the quarterback off the field on our own. We're making, they went from, we're making the game safe so that the quarterback stays in the game. And now we're making the game safe so that the quarterback comes out of the game. And that was never going to stay. That was never going to last. And guess what? It hasn't happened since. And that's why Herbert came in that back in the game yesterday. Because that was bullshit with Bridgewater. That'll never happen again. So yeah, it's frustrating if you're a Dolphin fan watching. How the the hell is he allowed to come back in the game? I'm still looking for what happened to Bridgewater. And he wasn't allowed to return and the Dolphins lost the game. It's because that's never going to happen again. They're never going to do that again. It was a mistake. Like, the rule was a mistake. But if you're a Dolphin fan, you were checking that out last night, you were were pissed off. Yeah, that wasn't cool. (sighs) Man, what a day. What a day. What a game yesterday, man. Oh, my God. Biggest sequence, though, late in that first half. I mean, we kicked the crap out of the team, but late in that first half, you get the double-dip touchdowns, late second, early third. You get the stop there, third down. Ingram and Wilkins, I think it was, get the sack. Uh, That was the biggest play of the game. And the Dolphins never looked back from there. And it's impossible. I mean, I know it's Jacoby Brissetti stinks, but Browns are an excellent running team. And Jerome Baker, I mean, he... He laid the wood to Nick Chubb. That's right. Stay right here. Get down. Don't get back up. And Bradley Chubb, man, you saw... Bradley Chubb's a menace out there. You saw what he's able to do. And now, like I mentioned there with Travis, now you get the bye, now you get a week off. Let's let's really incorporate Bradley Chubb. He's a menace out there. You saw it, man. Great day yesterday. 
Really great day. All right, you know what time it is. We finish every show letting you know if it's a big deal or if it's not a big deal. All right. First up, big deal, not a big deal. So over the weekend, now, by the way, got to plug right quick. It's still real to me. If you missed this week's uh, recap of all the big stories in pro wrestling, me and my co-host Joey, It's Still Real to Me drops every Saturday on Zaslow Show 2.0. Make sure you go download, subscribe, rate, like, comment, do all that stuff. You got got to do it for the algorithm. I don't know how the algorithm works, but you got to do it for the algorithm, all right? So go back and listen to this week's episode of It's Still Real to Me. You got Monday Night Raw tonight. I'm obviously looking forward to that. Monday Night Raw, that will get the big TV in the Zaslow Mansion family room. Commanders, Eagles, it's going to be a blowout gets the small TV in Zaslow Mansion family room. Anyway, over the weekend, WWE had a house show in Peora, Illinois, and while Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre were fighting, and Scarlett, that's Karrion Cross's wife, she's way hot, she's on the outside of the ring, she's like in the dominatrix, like leather spandex kind of deal, you'll love it, and a fan threw a drink at her. That's garbage. That's a big deal. And WWE apparently is considering pressing charges against a fan, yeah, that's a big deal. But like, what's the matter with you? You can't behave like you're throwing things, you're, you're throwing drinks at the wrestlers. What's the matter? That's a big deal. Also, UFC 281 over the weekend. Israel Adesanya loses his middleweight championship. He loses. He gets knocked out in the fifth, fifth round. Madison Square Garden looked like, I didn't see it, but looked like, I mean, I, I saw the highlights. I didn't watch the show. Looked like an incredible fight that Adesanya was going to win on scorecards. Gets knocked out in the fifth round. Adesanya is one of those guys who seemingly unbeatable, like Kamaru Usman's the other one. Seemingly unbeatable. By the way, Kamaru Usman in Black Panther Wakanda forever. And Israel Adesanya, he loses. That's a big deal. Looking forward to that rematch. Crazy, crazy match. I got another one for you. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Seattle Seahawks, they played their football game this weekend in Germany. This is not a big deal. I wish they would stop playing the games overseas. Are are we getting a Bundesliga game? Is Bundesliga coming here and playing one of their regular season games in the States? No? Oh, then why are we playing our games over there? We should be playing preseason games overseas. What And this talk of a Super Bowl one day being overseas? Get the hell out of here. When they start playing Premier League games, Bundesliga, La Liga, I can go on and on with the names of all the leagues. We'll be here forever. When they start playing their games over here, that's when we should be playing NFL games there. So this is not a big deal. I hate that we're playing games over there. And finally, I got one more for you. On a sad note, a big deal. Chuck Carr former Marlins center fielder inaugural season 1993 not the opening day center fielder that was Scott Post but Chuck Carr stole almost 60 bases that year led the National League Chuck Carr very flashy loved talking about himself in the third person Chuck Carr 55 years old passed away his family announced yesterday apparently he was battling cancer that's a big deal I was very sad to hear that so Chuck Carr Rest in peace, man. You were super exciting when I was a kid, 12 years old, watching the Marlins, wearing the jewelry. He was like Willie Mays Hayes, man. Everyone loved Chuck Carr, so RIP as Chuck Carr passed away 55. That's that's terrible to hear. I don't like hearing that. All right, and that right there is another edition 
a big deal or not a big deal. Hey, hit me up at Zaslo Show on Twitter. Make sure, like I said, however you're listening to the podcast, tell your friends, tell your mother I say hello. Download, subscribe, like, rate, comment. Check out on the YouTube channel. Really great show today. Thanks again to Travis Winkfield. Thanks to everyone who helped put together the show today. Great job by everybody involved. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Go with that. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task, unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies, For both trailers and motorhomes, let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry, they specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204.